Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I've got another great episode for you to help you take your life and career to the next level, especially in talent development, which is our mission and what we are all about at the Talent Development Hot Seat, as well as in the membership community I run called the Talent Development Think Tank. And today I'm sharing an interview with you that I did as part of a lifelong learning series for the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business Executive Education Program. I did my MBA at USC Marshall School of Business many, many years ago and uh, was honored when they reached out and asked if we could collaborate on a lifelong learning series, something that I'm very passionate about. A lot of the interviews were revolved around the idea of humanistic leadership and really taking a modern approach to leadership, which is something that I'm also very passionate about. I find they're very future-oriented, if you will, and I'm excited about a lot of things that they are doing there. And we've talked about a lot of things in learning and development, talent development, HR, business on this podcast over the last four years, but I haven't really dug into any formal education or executive education programs, and I thought this would be an interesting opportunity both to do the series for them and to publish a couple of the interviews on this show as well for those of you who might be interested in what's going on in this world of higher education and what are some of the professors and experts thinking about. And today we're going to start right at the top with the new dean of the USC Marshall School of Business, Dean Jeffrey Garrett. Now, Dean Garrett joined the Marshall School of Business back in summer of 2020 after six years as dean of the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And Dean Garrett is a member of the Board of Directors of Parks and Resorts. He's also a distinguished international political economist and has held academic appointments at Oxford, Stanford, and Yale universities. He's a fellow of the Australian Academy of the Social Sciences, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, a winner of the Foreign Policy Association Medal, and the Advanced Global Australian Award. 
Dean Garrett is a LinkedIn influencer whose blog is widely followed by academic business and thought leaders, and his expertise on world politics, business, and the global economy, as well as on the U.S.-China relations, is sought after by major media organizations around the world. Garrett holds a BA with honors from the Australian National University and an MA and PhD from Duke University, where he was a Fulbright Scholar. And in this interview, we are talking about the idea of lifelong learning, executive education, and the role of higher education in lifelong learning for leaders in the working world today. I hope you enjoy this interview and you get some value out of it. If you do, let me know, and I might be sharing more of these interviews in the future. If you want to see the videos of the interviews that I did, as well as find out more information about the USC Marshall School of Business Executive Education Program, you can do so by going to execed.marshall.usc.edu. That's execed.marshall.usc.edu. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Dean Jeffrey Garrett from the USC Marshall School of Business. Enjoy. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited to be joined today by Dean Jeffrey Garrett, who is the Dean of the USC Marshall School of Business. Dean Garrett, Jeff, welcome. Uh, it's great to be with you, Andy. Uh, I'm excited to have you on to talk about this idea of lifelong learning and why it's so important in today's marketplace. And I'm curious, as Dean of the Marshall School, what do you see as some of the key challenges for business right now in the 21st century and beyond? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think it's a fascinating time, Andy. And I see just, I, I see two really big themes. And, you know, we could drill down as much as you want. The first theme is, and we were just talking off camera about the fact that the, the pace of technological change seems to be accelerating, right? You can't get any more vertical than vertical, but it is feeling like the pace of change hasn't slowed down, it's speeding up. So I think what that means is that the opportunities in the business world are unlimited. So let's call that theme one. But then the, the same thing that's coexisting, I think, is the disruption side of technology, where disruption, you know, if you're in the, in the business world, disruption tends to be viewed as a positive. If you're a member of society, disruption can be really scary, threatening, and challenging. So I think what we're seeing at exactly the same time as technology is driving unlimited opportunity, it's also increasing business responsibility exponentially. You know, business is more accountable for more stuff to more people than ever before. Just think about something like the rise of ESG. I mean, you can't read a business story these days that doesn't talk about ESG. And I think the thing that a lot of people forget about that is they tend to focus on the E part, environment and sustainability. But if you think about it, you know, ESG is saying business is responsible for or needs to have, have some role in reducing social inequality. What are you doing for diversity, equity, and inclusion within your company? What's your carbon footprint, right? It's a really big responsibility set. So I think, you know, just to summarize, that's what I'd say, that the, the business environment today is characterized by unlimited opportunity, but also unprecedented responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And when you, you talk about ESG and like social responsibility, diversity, equity, inclusion, these are things that shareholders are asking for, stakeholders, you know, new employees coming into the workplace are asking about these things, which is influencing and really forcing many companies to make changes. And speaking of change, you mentioned the pace of change is accelerating. One of my favorite phrases that I use a lot 
when speaking at organizations is that the pace of change today is faster than it has ever been before. And yet it's slower today than it's ever going to be. Things are not going back to the way they were before. They're not going to slow down. They're just going to keep getting faster, which means we've got to find ways to stay up on the latest trends to stay relevant if we want to stay relevant in the workplace. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, I have a wise beyond her years daughter, and my daughter is early in her working life, but she kind of has this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody who's ever lived always thought they were in a time when the pace of change was faster than ever before. And I always respond to her, that's probably right. But this time it's actually true that the pace of change just keeps accelerating. Now, I I did make the joke before that you can't get any more vertical than vertical. But we certainly don't. It doesn't feel like an S curve of change where things are slowing down. Right. So what does that mean for business schools or for people who want to succeed in the business world? I think there's a, you know, a, a very simple mapping from opportunity and responsibility to the skill sets that we need. And so on the one, one hand, on the opportunity side, I, I think you know, everybody needs to have what, I, what we might call something like technological fluency or technical fluency. Not everybody's got to be an engineer and a coder, but everybody's got to understand the possibilities that that creates. You know, I, I often like to say you don't have to be a geek but you've got to be able to talk to the geeks. You've got to be able to ask really good questions and use the answers you get to improve improve the way you can run a business. So that's on the opportunity side. On the responsibility side, you know, I, I think very much about the way leadership is being changed today, uh, and it's just becoming more human centric. So. For me there, you know, I think about, I I read over the holidays uh, a couple of recent biographies on Winston Churchill and Charles de Gaulle, two classic hero leaders who basically said to, you know, entire countries in times of crisis, trust me, I know the way I'll get us to a better future. I don't think we want hero leaders anymore. The the world, the, the pace of change is too fast. The future is too unpredictable. We don't want heroes you know, I used to think that we wanted humble leaders, and I think humility is in, incredibly important. But I actually think that the way to the way we should be conceiving of leadership today is about human leadership, human-centric leadership. You know, you've got to be able to dis, to be self-aware and self-reflective. You've got to be authentic. You've got to take EQ seriously. Opportunity, really understand the technology. Responsibility, really think about human-centric leadership. This is great because I was going to ask you next about what skills you think are critical for leaders in this coming decade where we are now. And I love that you brought up, you know, being human, empathy, EQ, influence, you know, some of the things you talked about. I want to tie that back to something you mentioned earlier, which is disruption. Uh, First of all, we're seeing unprecedented growth for some of the biggest tech companies in the world, right? You You look at Amazon, Apple, Google. We're also seeing a lot of disruption in the space companies that were around for a long time that are being disrupted, taken down by upstarts. And I think one of the big reasons is because they were lacking innovation, right? They didn't create a culture that allowed people to come up with new ideas and try new things. And I think that's really imperative for leaders today as well, is right to to be able to create that culture and foster and influence innovation. I know you guys are really big on that at Marshall as well. Yeah, and and so couldn't agree with you more. So I've mentioned two two of what I I think of as the three key skill sets that everybody needs and what we try to provide in business education. So one is being comfortable with technology. One is really getting human leadership. But the third one is something like 
uh, agility, adaptability, where you can't see around corners, but you've got to be, when, when you turn the corner, you've got to be ready to take on and take advantage of whatever you see. And, you know, if, if I think about how you develop those skills, you know, we design thinking, creativity, all of that stuff is really important. But, but I'm always struck by the fact that what our students tell us they want is real world learning, right? So you take some core set of theoretical principles that come from a discipline like economics or management or marketing, and you need, but you, all the magic happens when you apply it in the real world to a real case. And I, and I underline the word real a lot because I think it, it should be real cases in real time, right? Because the world operates in real time. So, you know, should we call that experiential learning, action-based learning, project-based learning? I don't know what, but I think that idea, that core idea that, yes, there are some fundamental principles that really matter but all of the action happens when you apply them in the real world. That, for me, that's the third principle of our, of our educational triangle. Yeah, which is huge. So what is the specific mission of the Marshall School of Business to address, you know, how does Marshall address these challenges and these skill needs for the modern workplace? Well, you know, as, as I said, you know, I, I think it's a great time for business education because it's such an interesting time for business, right? And I'm a, you know, I'm a macro person outside in. I certainly think that our responsibility is to meet the needs of today and tomorrow by really understanding what's going on in the world. And, and as I said, it's not too complicated to do the mapping from what, what the real, what's happening in the real world to what we should do in business education. So opportunity is basically about technology. You need to get the te- you need to understand technology. Responsibility is basically about leadership. Let's have an updated leadership suite. And then the third point that you mentioned, the world is disruptive and uncertain. How do you equip people to deal with that? You know, one-two punch. Yeah, we have to think about creativity, design thinking and the like, but we also have to think about real world application because that's where all the action is. So I do think that it's imperative for business education to be keeping up with everything that's going on. You know, we were just talking before we started about the brave new world of digital assets, cryptocurrency, NFT, smart contracts, DeFi, all of that stuff. You know, we could say, hey, we, we, you know, it's going to take us 10 years to get some expertise on that. I don't think we can do that. I think our, I think our students, uh, our students are interested in these markets, employers, want those skills, as you said, new companies are being created all the time. You know, I think in terms of how we do our education, it's going to decenter learning a bit. Faculty are going to have to be much more interactive and learn much more from students and from what's happening in the corporate world rather than being, you know, the, the classic sage on the stage who knows all and just dispenses knowledge. It's going to be way more to, it's going to be two-way or three-way going forward, I think. Yeah, what I love that you're doing is, you know, first of all, yeah, you and I were talking before we started recording, both enthusiastic about this new Web3 space, blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFT, something I've really gotten into and I think is absolutely changing the world. There's an easy tendency for, I think, a lot of old school organizations or universities to, you know, shy away and say, we'll wait to see what happens. We'll do a five year study. Like you said, come out with a paper. You're saying, realize we need to move a lot faster than that. And we're going to take a humble approach to not say or think that we know it all, but we can learn a lot from 
our students, our users, and get everybody involved and create a lab, if you will, or foster an environment where people can learn together and come up with new ideas so that we can all stay more relevant as we enter these new times. Yeah. And and by the way, I, I do think this is not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So so let's let's talk about digital assets for a second. The way I'm hoping we can do that at Marshall is to have a combination of true believers who are likely to be students, uh, entrepreneurs, people really trying to identify the next big thing, and skeptics, professional skeptics, who are going to be people who studied Chicago-style economics, who are just going to say, listen, this doesn't add up to me. Mm -hmm. I think the productive thing is going to be the dialogue between those two groups, between the true believers and the skeptics. And so, you know, I... I want to be all in on studying the phenomenon, but I'm not all in on, oh, Bitcoin's the future, right? right. I mean, understanding the role of Bitcoin in the future, yes. So, so I, you know, I, I think this concept of decentering, you know, democratizing knowledge, decentering education is really p- powerful. Mm-hmm. You use the word humility. I think that's so important. We, no one's got all the answers. And what right. we need to do is, re- is to be open to new things and to be willing to engage in the dialogue. You know, we're recording right now when uh, cryptocurrencies are all in free fall. And, you know, what should we do about that? You know, the, some people are going to say, see, we told you we were right. And other people are going to say, boy, we saw the Bitcoin dip before four or five years ago, and it's going to yep. come back. And, you know, as we were discussing, I think if, if we think about these new markets, digital assets, the big the big proof that they're real is that the traditional crusty institutions, financial institutions are just getting increasingly involved mm. because their because their clients, their customers want to be involved. And everybody, you know, everybody's saying, hey, you know, if we had, if I had art on my wall and now I can have art on my computer, are you really going to tell me that the art on my computer is less valuable? Uh, you know, the, 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 there's reason to put a giant question mark around that. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things going on, and I love that you're we're having this discussion, you know, proving that you are looking to stay relevant and help people, leaders out there, stay relevant in the workplace. For people thinking about this idea of lifelong learning, continuous learning, something I'm really big on as well. And I think what we're discussing is proof that, you know, you can't get a college degree or a master's degree and just work in that field for 40 years and think that you're going to be totally fine because things are changing all the time. So we've got to be thinking about ways that we can invest in our continuous learning, our lifelong learning, that sort of thing. This idea of executive education you know, it sounds like, oh, maybe it's only for executives. I know that this is something that's more for everyone now. You know, think about your mission. How does it relate to that? You know, who is this for and, and who should be thinking about, you know, going back to school, coming to Marshall or, or maybe somewhere else? Yeah, so 
so really important topic, and let me break it into two parts. The first part is the relationship. You know, you're a Marshall alum. You did our MBA program, and I and I hope it really helped launch your career. I think going forward, and maybe this has been true for a while, but absolutely today and into the future, degrees are foundational, but learning is lifelong, right? So mm. what does that mean for a business school? I think it means that we need to help help you and help others launch their careers. That's what our degrees do. But we also should be there for all of our alums and for everybody else throughout their careers, precisely because the world is changing so much, right? You know, how many jobs are you going to have? How many sectors are you going to work in? It's so different from 20 or 30 years ago when our responsibility in business schools was to launch you in a big brand company and what you were going to do is stay in that company for 30 years, right? The probability that any of our graduates do that is near zero today. So degrees are foundational, but learning is lifelong and we need to be there throughout the lifelong learning journey. So that's part one. Part two is, you know, in once you get into the non-degree world, it's actually a very buccaneering space because, you know, ed tech companies are everywhere. Boot camps are everywhere. You can watch every great TED talk. You can do LinkedIn learning. There's Coursera, right? There are all of these opportunities. What's the value add of an executive education program? So the first thing, I, I think you were right to say, it feels like a a kind of an old term, an intimidating term. Uh, yeah. What's an executive? You know, it's an it's an old white man in a suit. We don't we don't. That's not how people should think about exec ed today. So I'll just shorten it to make it you know feel a little a little more contemporary. The way you should think about it is that our goal is to add more value to a learner than is possible by taking uh, passively a Coursera course, uh, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so how, do you, how do you add more value? I think you do it by emphasizing two things. One, it's a journey and a process. It's not just watching the lecture. It's we will help you try to understand who you are before you take the program, help you improve who you are during the program, and then help you implement it in your job on the back end, right? So, so I think the I, I think the, the the words that we're using, high performance and journey, high performance learning journey, is a really good way to think about it. Again, because people have so many options. Yes, you can become smarter by by watching a, a bunch of uh, videos on YouTube, no question about it. But the value add for us is really trying to understand who you are as a learner and helping you through a learning journey. So so it's not intimidating. You know, I'm wearing a suit, but I'm not wearing a tie. I'm also wearing a colored shirt today, right? Even for, for old white guys like me in suits, the world is changing. Yeah. But But our goal, and I think we can use technology to do this, is Yes, of course, we, you, we, we love talking with, I love talking with, we love educating the C-suite on, on your big strategy decisions for companies. But I think we now understand that there's an entire pyramid of learners within all organizations who can all value from post-university education. And that's really the world that we're in. Speaking of this traditional model of business school, I think many people might think of business school as all about finance and management, but you've 
tossed around the words creativity and design thinking and other terms like that. I wonder if you could comment on how that plays in or factors into the work you do and why creativity is important in modern leadership. Yeah, so let me go on the one hand, on the other hand here. Mm. It's really important for everybody in business, entrepreneurs to understand how finance really works. Yep. It's really important for people to understand management and org charts and all of that stuff. So the core disciplines aren't irrelevant. They're absolutely foundational. But I think everybody today wants more because of the because of this disruptive dynamic world that we're living in. And so I think you know you know this because you benefited from it from a student as a student. But you know Marshall was the first major business school to have a serious entrepreneurship program 50 years ago. You know that whole entrepreneurial mindset I think runs through the school pretty deeply. It's it's in the DNA of the school, and today it permeates everywhere. You know so. If you were to ask me in terms of our faculty expertise, where's the design thinking, where's the creativity expertise? It's actually in our management department as much as anywhere else. And you might, you know, again, if we had a sort of back in the day version of business school, you'd say, boy, that's not, you know, what the management department is doing you is, is, is telling you how the org chart works. That Yes, that's still there. It's still really important, but we're living in a world of flat organizations without, uh, with it, you know, there's not a lot of command and control. Most things are about creativity and about coalition of the willing, you know, to move organizations. So, so even in the traditional disciplines, they're evolving a lot. But I do, you know, one thing that really attracted me to Marshall was the fact that it it has this entrepreneurial DNA. It's really a place that focuses on what's next rather than uh, what just is. Yeah, that's absolutely critical that we we get the foundation, right? We need to know how the finances work, but we need to be able to go beyond that and, and get creative and be innovative, as we talked about before. We, we've talked about the mission of Marshall, and I believe in, a, in an address to this year's incoming class of students, you spoke to them about three core pillars. I wonder if you could share what those pillars are, or are those the pillars that we, we talked about earlier? Well, I, I you know, I, people uh, joke about me that I always, you know, I always have three of everything, which is the kind of rule of public speaking, as you know. So yeah. I could have, I could have different threes, but, but uh, let me go with the broadest one, which is what's the role of business school, business education. And I think one is uh, we're in the, in, in the knowledge creation and thought leadership business. Think about that as our faculty expertise. Second, we're in the education business and our education has to be cutting edge. But the third side of the triangle for me is always to be connected to the real world. So, you know, just having a two-way dialogue as we are now with the real world of business, I think is just essential. So, so that's one triangle, faculty and research, teaching and education, real world engagement. The, the second triangle for me is, the, is back to the skills side, which is technical fluency, human leadership and agility adaptability and, and getting that through action-based learning. You know, I, I, I think both of those threes really matter. Yeah, those are so important. And I like that you really focus in on that real world experience so that we know that 
the work you're doing is in touch with what's going on in the real world. We talked about Web3 and blockchain, that sort of stuff. I know there's many other examples that it's not all philosophical. We, we are in tune with what's going on in the real world. We want people to come out with relevant skills. The last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, we talked about the importance of, you mentioned earlier, degrees are foundational. Learning is lifelong. So it's important for people to be engaging in learning. I know a lot of people are not necessarily doing that. What, what mistakes do you see a lot of professionals making when it comes to education? Education professionals or people in the, in the real world of business? People in the real world of business, you know, leaders, professionals in business making when it comes to education. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the way I think about that, and I, I certainly would include myself in this, is that we all run the risk of focusing too much on what's happening right around us today, you know, to navigate how to get to tomorrow. And obviously, that's all being turbocharged in the COVID environment with all the uncertainty. I think the challenge for everybody who, everybody, but certainly people who are leaders or managers or owners, whatever, whatever you are, is to be able to do that zoom in, zoom out. Of course, you've got to focus on the here and now because that's when things are happening. But you you just need, I, I certainly for myself, I, I try to create some space for myself to zoom out and see the bigger picture. And I think if you, you know, if you look historically at the role of executive education, it's been a zoom out opportunity for senior executives in companies, you know, go to a university campus for a couple of weeks, become a student again. Today, as I said, I think that opportunity, because of technology, we can make available to people throughout organizations, not just the, the, the senior leadership. And, and so, you know, it, that, that's, a, that's a self-improvement move, but it also improves your ability to do your job. If you can do your job in the moment and then get some perspective on it to see where your job fits in and how you can be better, how you can be better personally, but also how you can add more value to your organization. You know, I, I, I think that's the constant challenge that we all face. And that's why I do think, you know, it, it, it does sound like a bit of a cliche, but the notion that life, learning is lifelong, it's always been true, but it's never been truer than it is today. Agree completely. Is there anything else you want to make sure we cover that maybe we haven't talked about yet? No, I've really enjoyed the conversation. But if there's anything, any last words from you or anything last you'd like from me, of course, I'm open to that. Yeah, I think it's a great conversation. You know, we're very aligned on this idea of lifelong learning. I'm so big on the need to invest in continuous learning to stay relevant in the working world. Because as you mentioned earlier, things are changing so fast. And I'm just happy that you're committed to helping people with that. I hope at the very least that this helps them think about what they're doing to invest in their learning. And if they are doing learning on a regular basis or investing in learning, because the world is changing all the time and it's not going to be the same in five years as it is today. Lots of jobs are going to be disappearing. New jobs are going to be popping up, new businesses, all that sort of stuff. And we've got to stay up with trends, stay up with the times. Yeah. And, and to the people who are listening and watching, I'd, I'd say two, two things. The first one is, yes, universities and business schools are in the degrees business, but we understand we've got to be there throughout people's careers. And the second thing is, don't be intimidated by a term like executive education. As I said, you know, that, that did have a, 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 an old men in suits feel to it. Technology is giving us the opportunity to meet everybody and make give everybody that opportunity of self-improvement 
you know, through investing in themselves, through being more reflective about who they are and the skills they need going forward. So I think the, you know, I, I, I certainly for us as a business school, that's an opportunity for us, but I think it's an opportunity for people to take another look at business school. It, you know, it, it, it's not set and forget MBA. It's a, it's a lifelong journey and we want to be there for people throughout that journey. Absolutely. Well, Dean Garrett, Jeff, thank you so much for spending time with me and with all of us and sharing some of your wisdom and insights and the work you're doing there at Marshall. I appreciate it and look forward to talking with you more soon. Me too, Andy. A lot of fun. All right. Take care. Okay. That does it for my interview with Jeffrey Garrett, the Dean of the USC Marshall School of Business in Southern California. That was part of the Lifelong Learning Executive Education Series that I did as a collaboration partnership with the USC Marshall School of Business Executive Education Program. And I'm excited. I really enjoyed all the interviews I did with them. We did a series of six interviews with Dean Garrett, the assistant dean, and with four of their professors. And all of the topics I found I really jived with. We talked about diversity, equity, inclusion. We talked about humanistic leadership. We talked about finding your purpose. We've talked about a number of different topics that I think revolve around this idea of humanistic or modern leadership, which is something that I'm very excited about and passionate about because our leaders, we really need to be, whether you're a leader or consider yourself a leader or not, need to be thinking about the future of work and where things are going and how we can continue to enable and empower our people to get things done, as well as stay relevant for the future and stay ready for the big changes that are coming. Because, you know, as we talked about in this interview, uh, changes are coming fast. The world of work is changing fast. The pace of change is faster than it's ever been before. And I think the days of you know getting a degree or a master's degree and just working in that field for 40 years, those are gone. Those are over. I talked about that in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I talk about it in the keynotes that I give in large companies or small companies wherever I go because I want to help inspire people to really start doing the work to prepare for the future. Now, there's a lot of things you can do to invest in continuous learning. Obviously, you can read books and you can listen to podcasts like this one. You can go back to school and get a formal degree or or join an executive education program like the USC Marshall School of Business Exec Ed Program. By the way, if you want to find out more about them, just go to their website, execed.marshall.usc.com. That's execed.marshall.usc.com. And another thing you can be doing if you work in talent development or learning and development is to find a community of other professionals who are in it and doing the work that you're doing so that you can learn from them, learn from experts and peers and colleagues along the way, as well as build your network to help you prepare for the future. And that is what we're doing in the membership community that I run, which is called the Talent Development Think Tank Community. You can find out more information about that community by going to tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank, tdtt.us. And when you go there and sign up, you can sign up for monthly or annual membership. You can use the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, for 10% off if you want to for being a podcast listener. All right. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is also sponsored, by the way, by Advantage Performance Group, which is a professional services firm dedicated to providing the absolute best learning solutions, experiential learning solutions to help your leaders lead, your sellers sell, and your people do the best work of their lives. And you can find out more information about their solutions by going to advantageperformance.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. 
Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.